Last time we were 15 minutes late because of me. Tonight we've cut it down to 10 minutes late because of me. <laughs> Anyways, with that said, let's go ahead and get rolling. Start off with these quick scores from yesterday's games. Uh, the Bucks. Well, actually, going back to Thursday night, the Bucks 31, Cowboys 29. Sunday game: Seahawks 28, Colts 16. Texans, 37. Jags, 21. Eagles, 32. Falcons, 6. Chargers, 20. Washington football team, 16. Steelers, 23. Bills, 16. 49ers, 41. Lions, 33. Bengals, 27. Vikings, 24. Panthers, 19. Jets, 14. Cards, 38. Titans, 13. Chiefs, 33, the Browns, 29, Dolphins, 17, Patriots, 16, Broncos, 27, Giants, 13, Saints, 38, Packers, 3, Rams, 34, Bears, 14, and we got the game on tonight, which your Ravens are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Oh, man, it was some some big – I don't know they were all crazy surprises from yesterday, but there were definitely a bunch of games where there were a lot of people that went a different way, namely in the game that, you know, I cared about the most. There was a lot of people picking the Falcons out there and, the you know, the supposed experts and all of that. Like, nobody really gave us a bunch of chances. There were people saying we're going to win two games this season. But uh, my buddy here, Jalen, Jalen Hurts, <laughs> he had other ideas. He definitely did that. <laughs> Jalen wasn't having it. He connected with Devontae Smith, his uh, Alabama cohort, on a touchdown. He had three on the day. Jalen Rager got into the act. They had a really good game. They're getting the city of Philadelphia excited. Um, me, myself, personally, I'm excited because I think this team has some potential. They can be a lot better than uh, what people thought. And then this division – some strange stuff is happening. I'll let you, Andrew, talk on your Washington football team and the issues at quarterback and what transpired on Sunday. Um, that boy, that quarterback for San Diego is the truth, man. I mean, if you haven't seen them play, you got to check out them charges. That's a high-powered offense, and that's a second-year quarterback that just – he can dissect defenses and we're allegedly supposed to have the top defense or one of the top two defenses in the league this year. And I think yesterday irritated me because we played a bend, but don't break defense. Um, for some reason we stayed in zone uh, that front four we have to come away with two sacks total. Is I, I just, I think that's disappointing and it's not just, two sacks total, but it was the lack of pressure on the quarterback. I mean, when you run in zone the entire game, you're not going to get so much pressure on them. Um, but, you know, I mean, they, they still held that team to 20 points. You know, you can't overlook that. As for our offense, 
is exactly what I thought it was going to be, um, our weakness. And, you know, I thought best-case scenario with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he might look great for about four or five games and then just fall off the cliff. Well, he's already fallen and bumped his head. So <laughs> I'm honestly expecting a phone call to be put into Pam this week. I am we weird, weird. Because uh, I was thinking the same thing. I said, "Oh, this sounds too perfect for Cam Newton to just slide into that spot in Washington." You got Ron Rivera there already. They got a good relationship. He was Ron's guy. They need a quarterback. They still have a good enough defense where, with solid quarterback play, they can win this division because the divi- the division is still not going to be that good. We already saw the Cowboys lose on Thursday night, even though they played a really good Bucks team and they put up a lot of points. They're still going to lose games, I believe, to good teams. Dak still has an anemic record against uh, winning teams in this league in his last 13 or so starts. I think he's only won two of those games. So, like, they're suspect. They're going to lose games every now and then. And, I mean – Look, I love my birds, and we won on Sunday, but Atlanta's terrible. You can't face that on anything. I'm looking to see San Francisco, I think, is a much better team than Atlanta, and that'll be a, a real test going this Sunday. But, yeah, this is a love for granted. If you guys can get some solid quarterback play from a veteran like Cam, y'all right back in the thick of things. That's what I'm thinking. Um, and I'm, I'm going to try to keep my hate for the Cowboys – <laughs> down and, and you know not speak emotionally but logically i'm not but that, team, <laughs> that team i mean they can win some games but the only way they're going to win games this year is by shootouts because that defense isn't going to stop anybody i mean even on their best day they're not going to stop anybody so they better that hope defense couldn't catch a cold you're right no. the defense is garbage and i just wanted to say to a coach that i've never been particularly too fond of Welcome to the NFL, Urban Meyer. <laughs> got, your, got your butt beat by what was considered the worst team. Right? You season. let Tyrod come out and wear you out, yo. Everybody had the Texans left for dead, and they come in there and wear you out. The Golden Boy Trevor Lawrence looked putrid. He had three interceptions. He ain't never played this bad. He don't, and I want to see how he handles this as somebody who is not used to losing, like never losing. He's never lost a regular season game in his life, high school, college. He's going to see how he is going to deal with adversity. It's going to be interesting to me, Andrew. I don't know about you, but it's going to be interesting. I want to see how this kid takes not being in the best position and being on a winner right away. It's going to be interesting, but the scary part about it is you got Irvin Myers, your coach. So it's not like he knows a lot about losing either. Like I said, nope. welcome to the NFL. Because <laughs> y'all got yeah. your problems <laughs> cut out for you. Yeah, it, it's definitely not the same as college. This is a different game. These is grown men out here. This is not college. <laughs> and and you don't have you don't have division three schools on your schedule. No, you got not real at all. NFL teams, and you just went up against who was considered to be the worst of the worst and got your butt handed to you. So <laughs> it's going to be yep. a long in Jacksonville. Mm. Mm. You know who did look good, really good in Jacksonville yesterday? Not the Jaguars, but the Saints. 
Oh yeah, the Saints look good. You know, we were talking about this last show, man. I was like, I don't get it. I don't get the line because they were actually favored in the game over Green Bay. And I mean, outside of Tampa Bay, Green Bay is pretty much considered the next team up. And yeah. uh, damn, they got the ooh. I mean, this, I've never seen a defending league MVP look so bad the following season in the first game. Like, Aaron Rodgers looked terrible. Like, like he'd rather be somewhere uh, hosting Jeopardy. He didn't want to be on the field on Sunday. He wanted to be behind the podium. It was he took on a whole, whole new vibe this offseason, though. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, the the holding out and staying at home or on vacation. But he just took on a whole new vibe. And I kept, you know, I kept saying it. And then he pops up with, what's that, what do they call that thing, um, yeah, the mullet. Whatever. <laughs> the you know, back, you yeah. I'm like, oh man, Lord, they in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> they in trouble. He's somebody else now. Oh man, he said he didn't had a transformation. He got that new woman. He don't know how to act now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Damn sure doesn't. Oh um, man. I also thought that I thought one of the best games this weekend was the Browns and the Chiefs. The Browns were up big in that game. They were up early in that game and kind of just got away from uh, Mahomes and those boys. They kind of got into an attack mode. Uh, they start flinging the ball down the field. Tyreek Hill got touchdowns. He got a bunch of yardage. Kelsey, he went to his bread and butter. When yeah. things got tough, he went straight to his bread and butter. Kelsey Hill over and over and over again. But it did get chippy in that game. And I wanted to ask Andrew how he felt about the play where the defender got himself ejected from the game for shoving the other coach. I wanted to see your perspective on it. We had talked about it in sports nuts, but I wanted to see what you, how you felt. I'm probably not the best person to ask because honestly, I watched that game yesterday. Mm -hmm. I missed that. I I don't know what I was doing. Maybe it was a bathroom break on my end or a snack break. I don't know, but I missed it. (laughs) So when I, but I remember them talking about it. Um, you know, later on last night, like when it was bedtime and I'm yeah. watching Sports Center and Sports Center's watching me. Um <laughs> but the the little replay that was in Sports Nuts, I mean, you really could I I couldn't tell based on that because I mean it was blurry and yeah, and, from my know, perspective. I, I couldn't really see it, but at the end of the day, without knowing all the details. What I saw was a coach push a player and the player push the coach back. That yeah. right there, almost regardless of what happened, I think both of them should have been gone because the coach can't put his hands on an opposing player, man. I, I yeah, mean, yeah, that, that's fair. You don't want it, It's almost like if two guys on the field get in a fight, you know, many times it's whoever throws the second punch and gets caught, just like this situation. Yep. He's the one that, get, that gets thrown out. But everybody is watching it on TV saying, man, the other dude should have got thrown out too at the very yeah, least. So he started situation. But what what you know more about what led up to it. So to me, it seemed as if it was all like I'm not gonna say a miscommunication because it wasn't about what they were saying, but what the actions were and people letting emotions get in the head of what was actually going on. I think the Cleveland defender was trying to get away from the person that was on the ground and he got his foot tangled up and because he wasn't moving fast enough first one of the chiefs players got mad and shoved him 
And then he fell back even further into the guy that was on the ground. And then the coach just took that as, all right, he's not moving. He's not going to get off my guy. So he pushed him. And then, of course, he shoved him back in the face or whatever. But it was all, to me, I think, a misunderstanding to where the Browns defender was stuck. He had his foot wrapped up. He was trying to get away. And it just seemed like as if maybe he – to somebody who couldn't see his feet or what he was doing, you might have thought he was trying to stomp on him. He wasn't trying to get away. He was trying to keep the other player down. And then the coach overreacted. But to your point, yes, I think they both should have been kicked out of the game. That's fair because even if you get in the fisticuffs or whatever with two players, usually they'll probably eject both, both of them throw hands or whatever. So, like, you got to have some decorum. You want the players to – you know, act a certain way and be professional. You got to ask the coaches to do the same thing. And it's not fair because of the perspective it lends and how it looks because you got the coach out there who isn't uh, padded up at all, doesn't have on any protection or anything like that. But then you want to get in the face of this player who's completely protected. To me, it looks like you're somebody that's doing something cowardice. Where I come from, that's a bitch move. You're hitting somebody you know, probably ain't going to hit you back or exactly. or go ahead and fight you. It's like pushing somebody or hitting somebody and then hiding behind somebody else and trying to play tough. Like, as the coach, you know he how much he can really do once they separated or whatever. And he didn't think he was going to be able to get shoved back. That's what I think would happen. He wasn't preparing for the guy to shove him back because he thought they would break it up or whatever, or he wouldn't shove him back because he was a coach and didn't have on any equipment. But he right. threw it wrong because homie has some <laughs> he has some hands for him. You're right about that. But I'm gonna go back to what I was saying Thursday night, though. I think you know Cleveland's a dark that dark horse team, man. I'm telling you, because you know the tech, uh, the Chiefs. I mean, they've been playing at a top level for a couple of years, and they know what their teammates gonna do in their sleep. Whereas Cleveland's kind of been building up to what they are now. And I think by week four, you know, I think they're going to look damn near untouchable. That running game, Jesus. Oh, it's crazy with Chubb and Chubb and Hunt, Hunt. man. That is crazy. Nasty. And and, and if Beckham can, can get right, and you got him and Landry, and like I said, they rolled about three deep at tight end. I don't even know oh, yeah. who's I think Najoku starts, but yeah, Najoku. They got Hooper. They got a bunch yeah. of dudes out there that ball. <laughs> the defense is solid. They got stars on the defense. That thing's going. I was surprised hard. about that division earlier, anyway, because I had Buffalo beating Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh kind of shook me. So Pittsburgh is not playing, but then again, they always start kind of good. It's how they're going to end up. They started off last season eleven and zero, so I need to see how they finish. I'm not I mean, too hooked on Pittsburgh. There was a number of upsets yesterday. Um, the Bengals beating the Vikings. I, I, yeah, I didn't see that, I didn't see that coming either. Um, the the Dolphins and Patriots. Uh, I, I mean, I picked the Dolphins. I thought the Dolphins would win that game. I'm not too judging on Matt Jones coming right out the gate and uh, putting up W's. Not 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 that quickly. The Titans. What the hell happened? I don't know what the hell happened in Tennessee. <laughs> I put Julio on my fantasy team. I'm regretting it. I don't know what's going on. They got Molly Rock. Kyler Murray went off. (laughs) Speaking 
Yeah, Kyler Murray. I, I, get back to that. Uh, they saying he's a dark horse MVP candidate. Oh yeah, Kyler Murray. Yeah, getting back to you know just quarterback play, it would take uh, Jameis Winston to throw for five touchdowns and yet less than two hundred <laughs> yards. When I saw the stats of that game, I'm like, don't make you know, no only sense, James, man. man. Only Jameis. <laughs> But I think he's gonna be all right, though. Yeah, yeah. He he's gonna be all right. Hey, especially with a an offensive mind like Sean Payton being behind yeah. there, pulling the switches and uh, doing the work, and you know, getting the game plan together. He'll he'll make you play to your strengths and put you in the right position to succeed. You just gotta follow through on uh, what the game plan is. Yep. And just like I told anybody and everybody, I said a dark horse of the fantasy this year is going to be Matt Stafford. Oh, well, Matt Stafford got weapons, boy. He, he's got, he weapons. got weapons all over the place. Yeah, he's got weapons he's never had. I mean, he Woods. Yeah, Megatron Cooper for Cup. a minute, that was it. <laughs> yeah, now you're talking about Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Tyler Higby. Got Cook playing at um, tight end. Right. Yep. They, they, uh, man, Henderson at the running back. That's exactly. Crazy. And to go along with, you know, if somebody doesn't say the Washington football team's got the number one defense, they say that the Rams do. Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on the man. other side of the ball. That's an embarrassment of riches, yo. It is. Who, it really is. who do Sean McVay know to get that type of roster? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Like I said, I mean, you can argue and make a strong point for Jalen Ramsey being the best corner in the league. And I said it Thursday. I'll say it again. You know, I, I don't do this my generation stuff. Yeah. My athletes back then were better. Aaron Donald, I think, is going to go down as the greatest defensive tackle ever. He's legit I mean, and he's consistent and it doesn't does change it year after year. It's the same thing. He doesn't lose a, a step. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I tell you who I was looking at um, when the game started tonight. Man, Calais Campbell, that's a monster. Mm-hmm. That, that is a monster. That dude is down there 6'9", 300 pounds. <laughs> Don't see I'm human, surprised yo. he hasn't made more noise in his career. I mean, he's always been right there a few years he's made the Pro Bowl, a few years he hasn't. But, man, the way he looks, good gracious. Yeah. But he looks like an animal. Um, <clears throat> it was clown show weekend in sports, Saturday night. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. I don't know if everybody knows the whole story um, about what was going on Saturday night. What do you know about that Holyfield and um, Belfort fight? We need to stop this. And that was actually the next thing I was going to bring up as we pivoted and switch gears. So I love that we're on the same page. But that stuff like that needs not happen. It, it, it doesn't need to take place. There's no point in it. There's no actual value. Evander Holyfield had no business inside a ring at 58 years old. He had no business there but winding up getting himself hurt. And he's talking about it. He still want to fight. He want to fight Mike. They're going to get these boxers, uh, 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 what you call them, like uh, the football, baseball, and everybody else got. 
They need some type of benefit package when they get to a certain age. They need a pension too. I'm not sure if Boxing has a pension, but I know football, has, NFL has one, NBA has. They all have pensions. They all get a check once they reach a certain age out of the league or whatever. They these boxers need to sit down. I don't need these guys who have been decades away from the craft and the likes of De La Hoya, who who was supposed to be in that fight. Mm-hmm. God forbid what would have happened to De La Hoya had he stepped in there. I mean, I think he may have fared a little better than Evander because he's younger. But still, boxing is a young man's game. We both love a sweet science. That's a young man's game. Your your reflexes have to be top-notch. They cannot keep putting these guys out here and putting them in a hard way because somebody's going to get hurt. Like, I'm tired of seeing it, to be honest with you. I, I don't pay my money to see that. I would never buy that. I may stream it just for a laugh, for a lark, but I'm not – no, I'm not interested in it at all. It's a farce. It's a farce of the sport we care about. I've been following boxing almost since I came out the womb. Um, I remember my grandfather had me really into it. My dad had me into it. Um, first magazine subscription I ever had was KO Magazine in the fourth grade. And... I had a subscription to Ring Magazine in the sixth grade, and I got both of them. Um, I think, man, I, I had them subscriptions well into my 20s. but uh, And I spent time in the ring. But um, the problem is the boxers, but it's also the day and time we're living in. Triller, yes. which is like a knockoff. Um, what's that other app? Design. No, the uh, them kids use all the TikTok trailers, uh, like a, yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the yeah, ones on most of these garbage fights. They're and throwing money at this stuff. They're throwing money at these guys, and you know they they try to paint it as we're bringing entertainment to the world and all this other stuff. Look, the only good thing about that fight that I thought was interesting was Anderson Silva. Knocking Tito Ortiz out. Yeah, that was that was good. God, I love that. (laughs) I despise Tito with every shred and fiber of my body. But um, here's how crazy this thing was. Jim Lampley, they tried to get to come in and commentate on the fight. Um, Originally, he agreed, which is disappointing, but he pulled out. Do you know who commentated that fight? Who? Donald J. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. He was there. That was on the poster. Like, come watch this Trump is there. These two clowns are commentating the fight, put on by Triller, a 58-year-old in the ring. You know it's a shit show. You know it's a clown show. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and, and this is what we got right now in the world of boxing. You know, I don't. Like I see it. It's so far. I don't know what's going to happen to the sport, man. I, I really don't. Um, you know, it, there's always been issues with boxing. People have been saying boxing is is dead. It's dying since the inception, almost. I mean, you know, you go back to the '50s, and it was uh, the mafia had their hands all up in it in the '60s, and even into the '70s, and then the 80s, the the grimy um, promoters got involved, like Don King and Bob Arum, who's mm-hmm. still on today. Um, 
and, and then you know people started getting mad <laughs> people actually started getting mad people saying they know that these fighters were getting robbed but then when the fighters start realizing it and two fighters i despise delahoya <laughs> as a person delahoya yeah i can't stand him so and, and, I, and i don't like mayweather but what i don't get is everybody crying over these two but they did what should have been done a long time ago and they took their careers into their own hands i respect yeah. the hell out of them for that because they did that and it's like more boxers need to do that i mean the reason why we're not getting the biggest fight out there right now is because of bob arum and that's yeah he won't make he won't make the crawford fight with spence they're protecting their fighters, man. They're not trying to get any right damage. They're protecting these zeros because all some of these guys are undefeated. They don't want those zeros to go away. They think they're a bigger draw if they're an undefeated fighter, so they won't, you know, pin them against each other. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's always been about. You know, it's like damn the public. Um, you know, I got a fighter. He's undefeated. I don't want that to go away. That's my money bag. And, you know, it's – it's a little bit better than it was back in the 80s and 90s. I mean, I remember when Don King, you know, he, when he finally got Tyson, um, Tyson yeah, that was got a- up and it was like, Don King is like, well, what the hell am I going to do now? Well, then that's how you know he's he, he's promoting Chavez. Julio Cesar Chavez in two fights in a row. Meldrick Taylor, we all know. Chavez is backed by King. We look, uh, I don't care what anybody says, man. That fight shouldn't have been stopped. Of I course mean, not. We all know what happened. That was a robbery. And then to turn around and watch Squeepy literally whoop Chavez's ass. And it comes out as a draw. So, you know, I mean, there's always it's been scary. issues in boxing, but now we're just to it turning into a clown show. And that's the part, I mean, that to me, that's even worse than bad decisions because at least with bad decisions the public can make up their mind yeah but like you out here like it's a joke that people are questioning oh can we say jake paul or logan paul is legitimate as a body i'm like no he hasn't fought an actual boxer yet nobody he everybody he's fought that is their first boxing match Actually, one of them did and got his ass beat by a 40-something-year-old. So, talking about Mayweather. Yeah. So, but it's no, like, I mean, and even the one then, you saw that fight was fucking shady. Use my language. We're like, you saw that fight was shady. We saw Mayweather holding him up, making sure he didn't get knocked down or knocked out. Like, anybody who knows boxing, and I've been watching since – that the first fight I ever watched, and I set that order was when Mike got out of jail, and I think he fought like Peter McNeely or something like that. Yeah, and that was the first one I saw, and then from there I was hooked, and I was watching the fights. So like we would bring in fights and watch them in in high school and all that. Like when uh Mike fought uh when he fought um Lennox, I remember that. Like we we were, we were talking shit about that fight in high school. That whole like run up to that, like yo, Mike, crazy, what's going to happen? So like, ever yeah, since Mike came heart. back out of jail, that's when I started my my love for boxing. But it's just ridiculous. Heart. You're not the gonna Mike, have me. The Mike 
that came out of jail was not the Mike. That That's not the same Mike. That ain't eighty-eight Mike. No, that ain't that ain't young Mike. That ain't nineteen-year-old Mike. <laughs> and, and, and it's crazy. I'm glad you can see it because I mean I know so many younger people that's like, you know, oh, so he they'd be like, oh, so you mean to tell me he was out of his prime by the time he was twenty-three or whatever? I'm like, look, you got to understand something. Primes work different. Mike's yeah. problem was you can label it. He was past his prime at 23. But the truth of the matter was a lot of things happened. It wasn't just one thing. It was a lot of things. It was Customato dying, yep. turned around. Jim Jacobs died, who was the next closest to him. Then Cus's wife died. Then he's in the arms of Robin Givens. And everybody knows why Robin Givens married them to begin with. I remember somebody mm -hmm. told me Robin Givens' mother used to date Dave Winfield. Yeah. Um, so you know they was out for the money and i mean everybody's just screwing them over and 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 he just he he just up here that's that's where his prime was gone it, it didn't have nothing to do with the physical part it was up here you could sit there and watch mike tyson as a 20 year old fighter and watch a 23 year old tyson and this is the part that bugs me i mean i know i might understand boxing a little bit better than most but i'm i tell people all the time just look at him in the ring, the differences between the two. But, exactly. You know, like you can tell somebody who isn't right upstairs. You Mike can tell Tyson, when a per when a boxer isn't right upstairs. Mike Tyson, his speed was second to none. I mean, it was right there with Ali. His defense was, I mean, impregnable. Ain't that what he said? Was. <laughs> Our defense was. is impregnable. <laughs> but what, what he ended up doing is what we've been seeing Wilder do his whole career. Mike got to where he knew he could knock people out. So instead of training hard, instead of doing what he wanted, what he needed to do, he just damn all that, get in a ring and try to knock somebody out. And you could tell. Mm -hmm. But anyways, um, I, I meant to jump back to the uh, college games this weekend. Ohio State. What was that? Oh my yeah. goodness! <laughs> you could see it coming last week. Yeah, yeah, writing was on the wall. Oregon, damn. Mm. Did you watch that game? Yes. Yeah, man. I, 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 I um, I wasn't surprised. I mean, Ohio State just did not look good last week, and I thought they were rated a little bit too high to begin with. Mm. You said so, that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But they're Ohio State, so <laughs> they're going to start the year out in the top 10 one way or another. Yeah, true. <laughs> then Arkansas. Arkansas, Arkansas beat the brakes. They beat the brakes of Texas. Yeah. Everybody, everybody acting like. Welcome to the here. SEC. <laughs> right. I, I just want to say that, man. Good luck in the SEC. Good luck in the SEC. <laughs> It's like I tell people, I can't stand the SEC. I hate them, but I have to respect them. So good luck. Because <laughs> y'all in trouble. Did um did you by chance see that uh Mets Yankees game last night? Yeah, yeah. You that, saw got, it? that got real, yeah, that got real close at the end. Yeah, yeah. I saw that game. It was on at the uh the where I was at. We uh I can say we won the subway series. We might yes. not win the world series this year, but we won the subway series. <laughs> so, 
the crazy thing was Lindor hit a home run uh, yeah. Saturday night. And as he was rounding the bases, there was something going on at the Yankees dugout. And they were whistling. They were whistling when he was up at bat, which, you know, you don't, you don't do that in, in Major League Baseball. No. But they were doing it. And he got irritated with them. So last night, um, um, what's his name? Stanton. Stanton knocked one out. Mm-hmm. And it tied the score. And he's coming around you know, second base. And, of course, Lindor's a shortstop. And he almost, from second to third, was damn near walking. And he was talking jump to Lindor the whole time. And it was <laughs> like, oh, damn. Next thing you know, benches empty, bullpens coming, everybody's coming. And surprisingly, thankfully, there were no blows thrown. But, um, yeah, he tied the game 6-6 to with that home run. Now, here's where the sweetness came in. Next inning, Lindor's up (laughs) and knocks one out. Yeah. All that that attention and everything else. I'm going to tell you something. Lindor, this is his first season with the Mets, and he's really underperformed. But I promise you, he became, uh, he he became that guy to the Mets. He, he's yeah. all right yeah. with everybody in Queens now. <laughs> they got their guy. He's their guy. Man, man, all that mess that was going on, and then to 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 turn around after Stanton hit the home run and get up, your next set back, and you put one out to win the game. Man, mm, mm, mm. that was that what they call it, poetic justice. Yeah. <laughs> that was poetic justice. So what else you got, man? Oh man, you kind of stole my hundred with the, the boxing, and that was what I was gonna bring up. The boxing, they got the uh the football. Um they got a lot going on with some of these injuries that were nasty over the uh the, the weekend. A boy from uh what was it? They rolled his ankle real bad. Um, they they just got the X-rays. They said it was a high ankle sprain. What team? Uh, I will t- give me one second. I'll tell you. I don't even think I've seen the injury report this week. Normally, I check all that stuff out with my um fantasy scores, and I glanced at them last night. Four leagues, I think. I was up. I was up in three, down in one. I'm gonna have to get on that. I'm gonna have to get on that tonight, though, before I, I get up for work tomorrow, because I gotta see see how I'm looking and where I'm standing after week one. Mm. You know, you know, you. I said, what what's going on with your boys? I mean, I'm not mad. <laughs> The, the, the Phillies are just sucking like they sucking, but I mean, what's up with that, man? I don't know what's going on. It's like the minute they give you hope and they play well, like they snatch it from you. Like they were doing really good in August. I think mean, they went like seventeen and eleven in August or something like that. They were and they're on like, oh, they were on a roll. They had exactly. They had a nice little stretch where they went like seven, eight in a row. Like they had stretches where they're win games. And they'll really get you pumped. They'll come within a game and a half, two games of the division lead, and then it'll all just go to shit. And then you're sitting here going, why did I get myself pumped up? 
Why? I think, I think we're either tied with y'all now or a half game behind. But the Phillies do just like the Mets. The Mets are so freaking streaky, man. They'll they'll win like seven in a row, and then their next ten games they'll be like two and eight. <laughs> and you know the the Braves got got both of us. They're up by four and a half games, but. Um, mm-hmm. They just, I mean, they've just been steady. They they didn't look too good the first half of the year, but since the All-Star break, man, they're just steady as can be. And that's, that's what uh, I was. Jerry be. Judy, that's who it was. From Denver, oh. Jerry Judy had the guy rolled up on his ankle, and they had to cart him off. Man, like, they, if it was a high ankle sprain, he'd be out four to six weeks. That was a, a massive injury. Another injury I saw coming, we all saw coming in Philadelphia, and we're glad he's not our problem anymore. Was uh, Jason Peters? <laughs> we saw him get hurt last night and lead a game. I don't know why people keep paying him. <laughs> I mean, and I can't fault him for taking the money. People want to give you money, you should take it. Yeah. But like, at what point do you have any integrity when you know I'm not good enough anymore? It's not fair for me to take this team's money and get like have somebody else lose a roster spot that really might deserve it. Man. And I'm only getting it because I have a name in this league. At a certain point, you would have some integrity to know that you're just wasting space. I you mean, don't have yeah, it. but at the same time, if they're going to give it to you, you're going to take it. Because you got to look at it like this. I get it. The part I don't like is you taking up a roster spot for a younger player. But the yeah. flip side of that is, you know, an NFL career is only but so long. And once you're done, you're done. Make it while you can. So. Yep. It's kind of flip side, but I didn't know about Jerry Judy, man. God dang. I got he's on one of my fantasy teams, but I guess the good thing I got Cortland Sutton on the Yeah, I got Cortland Sutton on one of my teams on the bench. So, so maybe he'll uh do something. Hey, what's up with uh your boy Conor McGregor, man? Yo, why you throwing drink in my man's face at the at the show? I'm like, dude, you throwing the drink in machine gun Kelly face. Like, why are you starting shit? Like I could see if y'all was at some athletic thing. My man, you were just at like the MAs or some shit. It's an award show. You're throwing drinks at people. You got to start with people everywhere you go. Really? And, I mean, I know that ankle can't be healed up. No, it ain't. snapped. He's lucky somebody didn't put hands on him for real. It, like, that's it, another guy who's interested in just being somebody – like, everybody wants to do it like pro wrestling now. I don't know if you realize that, Andrew. Everybody wants to do it like pro wrestling now. Everybody wants to be a heel. Everybody wants to be hated. They figure if I make this personality where everybody can't stand me, they'll pay money to see me lose. And then that's where you get a lot of this stuff, like with the Paul brothers, like with Connor. Everything Connor's going to sell whatever fight he's in. People went and watched that farce when he fought Floyd. People saying he might want to fight one of those Paul brothers. And people are going to watch it because people don't like neither one of them. And they they really don't like the Paul brothers, and they really want to see them get hurt. But, like, all this stuff is, like, about watching people you want to see lose. And everybody like, oh, look at me. I'm a jerk. I'm a jerk. Let me talk trash. Let me promote this fight. And I guess it's, you know, it's sportsmanship, and that's what you do when you're promoting something. But people like him, again, are – getting paid off of pretty much other people's animosity and well, the fact that, that he's unlikable. 
Yeah, I, I mean, but like you said, that's 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 the new thing, and you know, the person responsible for it, love him or hate him, is Floyd Mayweather. Mm -hmm. um, when Floyd, I remember people ask me, uh, people don't understand how I can say this because Floyd's one of them guys that you get emotional over, either you love him or you hate him. And mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, I say, well, look, here's my take. I, I used to love to watch Floyd fight when he was younger. I mean, he was a damn good fighter. Pretty boy. Yeah, when he was pretty boy. And ironically, when he was pretty boy, is when he would fight, though, and stand there and fight. Yeah. As time went on, you know, he, he started, as people say, running and all this stuff, which my thing is this. Um, yeah, he did, but at the end of the day, he still landed more punches. So yes. I don't care if he's running or standing still. The object is to land more punches than your opponent. And he was at it. Once you get older, man, it's not, you know, people act like it's a must. If you're a boxer, you have to turn out talking like Muhammad Ali or whatever. No, you don't have to, man. You, no. And see, these, these guys now, I mean, they're a lot smarter and and I respect the hell out of Floyd's ring career. I think he's an asshole as a person. But now getting to that part, I used to tell people all the time, people people be like, I don't understand why he sells so many pay-per-views. And then they start talking about the running thing. I say he sells so many pay-per-views because there's more people buying it that want to see him lose than actually want to see him win. And that's when Absolutely. all that started. <laughs> And that's so what now, and that started now, with the whole now, money thing. People now, weren't so going now, and paying for Floyd's fight when he was the pretty boy. The minute he became money and I'm a bad guy and I'm flashy and look at me and look at all what I got and I'm a loud mouth and I'm arrogant and I'm cocky, that's when everybody wanted to see him lose. And it didn't matter who it was, whether it was Madonna or, you know, it didn't matter. If they wanted to see him lose. Um, oh, we can't, you know, we're talking about the NFL. We're talking about what, um, 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 what's his face did? Um, oh, damn. I'm having a brain fart, man. <laughs> um, Kyler Murray. Yeah. Um, what about Chandler Jones, though? Oh, Chandler. What, about Chandler what in the world, Jones? yeah? And you know what? I'm going to tell you something. He gets Do all the credit. He gets all the credit for that, but you know what helped him out, don't you? Well, was J.J. Watt over on that yeah. other side. Yeah. Man, that's going to be a nasty in defense. The one thing uh, about that that I respected the most wasn't, you know, Chandler Jones and his performance, but Taylor Luan, the left tackle for Tennessee, going, he kicked my ass. Thank you for exposing me, and it's going to make me work harder. I respect the hell out of Taylor Luan for being man enough to put that out there and tweet that out there. That's real man shit right there. You right about he, that. He beat me. He got me good. He kicked my butt, and he exposed me. He embarrassed me, and I'm all for that. I'm all for somebody recognizing they need to get better and then putting in the work in to get better. So I'm all for yeah. that. Let's respect to Taylor Lua. I agree. And of course, you're always going to have, well, somebody in sports not said it, so I don't want to say some asshole's going to say something like, <laughs> um, somebody's going to say something like, well, 
he did get his ass kicked. What's he supposed to say? Come on, man, really? I mean, you got your ass kicked like that, you gonna go up there on public uh, on social media and tell the world, hey, exactly. Come on, man. <laughs> that was like you said, that was some real man shit there. <laughs> yeah. Own it, man. You gotta own your failures as much as you own your successes. Yeah, but you know, you got some sense of the people out there, so you know, it's either somebody else's fault or uh, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, when's it? When's your girl gonna get back on? No pun intended. Track. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's. I think she may need to take like some serious time away because it's not gonna do her any good to come back and. All right, maybe not finish last. Now you finish fourth. You finish fifth. You're not. Uh, you're not placing. You're not getting on the podium. And either way, it's just feeding the fuel and feeding the fire of the people that want to talk shit about her anyway. That want to hate her and mm-hmm. want to come at her and want and looking for something to come at her about. So, yeah. Terry, take a seat for a minute, chill out, refocus, months off or something like that, and then come back at it. As long as you in these races and you don't finish first, people are gonna be on your ass. Because people are jerks and they want to tear you down and kick you while you're down. That's just what people do. That's just and it's, human nature. It's clearly mental. I mean, you know, one thing I don't think people realize that girl's 21 years old. Baby, <laughs> she a baby. And her dream to go to the Olympics got shot. Granted, it was her own fault, but that gets shot. And all at the same time, her mother just died. And then all the media is coming at her because she's not doing what she was doing before. All this is getting piled on this 21-year-old girl. And it's like I tell people, I mean, everybody's not familiar with with her career, but whoever won that race um, the other day, they ran it, they won it in something like 11 Eleven one or eleven two, Shikari mm-hmm. has run a ten seven. She can do it. It's it's not you know. Now people are questioning whether she should even be in the spotlight. That girl has run a ten seven two. Exactly, she has back. the talent. Yeah, I mean that that ten seven. There, there's only two of those three Jamaicans have run a faster time, but that's it. And that time is actually something like the seventh fastest of all time. So that girl, 21 years old, man, all she needs to do, I think she should just take, I don't know, two months and just chill, get her, get herself together. Hell, go smoke some weed, do whatever you want, <laughs> but get yourself together and then surround yourself with the right people. People that understand that you're in the spotlight and and that you're going to be out there because, you know, getting shitty with the media and all that, that's not going to help your cause. It's just going to keep it going and keep it going and keep it going. So she really does need to surround herself with people that know what the hell they're doing because the people she's got right now that are supposed to be protecting and leading her, they're doing an awful job, mm-hmm. awful job. I just saw this, man. Now, we're talking about Cam Newton. Washington just signed Kyle Shermer. What? (laughs) Uh, That's something. (laughs) I mean, 
At this point, you let me know how that. At this point, I, I want to get mad, but there's got to be something really going on there with Cam. You know, I mean, because if Rivera don't want you, every other coach in the NFL right about now has got to be saying to themselves, "Damn, Rivera don't even want you." Something, something. There's something I going mean, on here, man. Just him, him. Is it just him not wanting to get the shot? Like people just—they're not dealing with that. They're not taking anybody on that's not going to get vaccinated. I mean, that could be that could play a role, but he's not the only player. <laughs> he's not. He's not the only player in the NFL that hasn't gotten the shot. True. I mean, there, there's plenty of them out there. Now, I'll say this: there's two issues with him signing with with Washington and not getting the shot. One, he's your starting quarterback. You know, we're not talking about some backup nose tackle or some third-string cornerback. You're talking about the leader of your team, and you've got to be able to count on him, man, because if he comes down with COVID, then what? I mean, then that's going to set the whole team back. That's one. And two, you know, Rivera is – is in remission right now from cancer. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be, man. You don't want to be. You don't want to do that. You, you just you don't want to do that. You know. I mean, it, it, you know, something like COVID and you're in remission from cancer. That might not. That might not turn out too good. No, <laughs> not at all. But I don't know if that's all there is to it or not. I, I just, I don't. I don't know. I. And the reason why I really say that is because you're not even going to bring him in. Yeah. Sit down, talk to him. And, and I hate to give any, like, any fire to what uh, Ninkovich was saying when he was on ESPN about uh, Mac Jones having to teach him the playbook and Matt Duke being uh, more in-depth of what was going on in him and him having to show Cam stuff and Trying to like pretty much calling him out as like lazy or not wanting to put all the effort into it, but I never knew Cam to be that type of player, so I don't know how much I read into that. So I, I would hate for that to be out there and GMs are believing it, you know, and not giving him his fair shake. Yeah. Oh, right. he's gonna get here. He ain't gonna work hard. He's just gonna work. He's just gonna go off his raw natural ability. But see, I've never heard that. I've exactly. Never I've never heard that about Cam. Yeah, I mean, I've heard – well, I haven't really heard anything. I mean, Cam's kind of different. We all know that. Oh, yeah, for sure. You see but, the outfits? Different. Exactly. So, I mean, he kind of <laughs> marches to his own beat. But, um, no, I mean, I've never heard it. He doesn't work because one thing, if, if that were the case, you know, Belichick never would have brought him in to begin with, much yeah. less kept him as long as he did keep him. Mm-hmm. So, man, I'm sitting here looking at this thing. It, it, basketball legend Michael Jordan and Juanita Vinay met on a blind date in 1984. They had the children, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Anyway, $168 million divorce settlement. Jesus. Well, I want one sixty-eight. Could you imagine what Bezos' wife is getting? Something crazy, and she giving it all away. 
I know, right? Didn't she just she give? Uh, didn't she just give a couple billion to some um, um, charities? Yeah. See, she's trying to make herself look real good. Uh -huh. <laughs> she she got all that money and she just gave up. I want to say it was like four billion. Then to, then she to, went and got the regular schmegular dude that she go with now. Now her boyfriend is like the high school teacher. I'm like, homie, hit the jackpot, yo. You fuck up on Jeff Bezos' ex-wife? It's like, ah, I just need a regular guy? I don't need no big shot? I don't need nobody important? Just a regular John Q. Pollock? <laughs> I no. don't it. Oh, Jeff man, Bezos. this is changed overnight. Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, Mackenzie Scott, has donated $8 billion since that <laughs> Five lifetimes, yeah. Man, that that I look. They talk about the, like the richest people in hip hop, like uh, you know Kanye and 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 Dre and all them. They ain't even worth four billion. No, they 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 done hit billionaire status and they happy as hell. She just gave away $8 But you know what? She's in a position she can do it. I think it's great, but I also mm -hmm. think it's funny because, you know, your ex-wife is giving all this money away to charities while, while you're taking freaking trips to outer space. <laughs> what a life, right? What a time to be alive. That's the thing that can be possible. She's making him look really stupid. Uh-huh. She's making him look like a creep and a jerk. Like, look at this yeah. asshole. I'm giving the money away. He out here taking trips to outer space, building rockets on Musk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. But those are rich people issues, I guess. I, I'll never really <laughs> know too much about that. I would like. I like to have millionaire status issues. Just yeah. one. Just one. Just one. I, yeah. Just give me one. Because I'm gonna take that one. <laughs> I'm gonna take that one and I'm gonna put it in something that's gonna get me about a 10% return a, a year, and that's how I'm gonna live for the rest of my life. Be a hundred grand a year. Sounds good. I can buy me a house and all that stuff. Don't buy it outright, make payments like everybody else. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, that, that one million will still be there. My, my kids, hey, there you go. Have at it. Brats. <laughs> Brats. Man, I tell you, man, having kids is overrated. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Um, I know it was like my son, he was born at Bayside Hospital. And when he was about two years old, man, I I, I called him. Um, and I asked him, I said, look, you know, my son was born there um, September 25th, 96. And I said, something's wrong and they're like what do you mean something's wrong i say like, something's wrong i said i need to return him and um lady laughed at me like she thought i was joking and she said we don't have a return or refund policy at this hospital sir <laughs> and, um, you know i tried 
I tried. <laughs> it's not like when my daughter was born and my wife tried to give it back. <laughs> uh, she said they brought her the baby. She's like, well, honey, but she was like, Bobby, I think they brought me some white lady's baby. <laughs> this baby is not my baby because the baby was really, really like, I know babies tend to come out lighter and then they get their color. This baby was really like, my daughter Kaylee was really like, and she said, no, ma'am, you got the wrong room. This is some white lady's <laughs> baby. This is not my baby. And she was like, no, this Whitney, we, this is the right baby. Your husband has been with this baby all night because she had the C-section and they had her in the, um, in the NICU to like monitor her, like breathing and stuff like that. She had a little trauma during the birth. So I spent the night in the neonatal intensive care unit, the NICU, right next to the baby in the incubator or whatever. And I spent the night right next to it. So like I had seen the baby already. And I'm telling her, no, that's the baby. That's the baby that came out when they came out and handed it to me. That's the baby they handed me. <laughs> she said, no, I don't believe it. That's not my baby. <laughs> Look, uh, my son's mother, she knew it was ours, but she couldn't wrap her head around a few things for a minute there. It was funny, though. I remember when, 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 when they had her, and um, I was I watched too much TV because – all I heard was the the birth was the delivery room. So, you know, we in the hospital, man, and we stayed there all night. She didn't have them till the next morning. But we were in there all night, and I'm thinking, because she's like, you're going to be here with me when I have this baby, right? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sure. Honest to God, my plan was to not be there because I didn't want to see it. Yeah. And, 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 and man, they came in and they decided they were going to do slavery. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm just sitting there smiling. Oh, that's okay. okay. All right. That's cool. You know, y'all do what you got to do. Just let me know when you're going to do it. Uh, when are we going to go to the delivery room? And nobody answered me. And no sooner than I said that, there's two nurses and the doctor. And the doctor told me, grab her leg. Grab her leg. <laughs> I did that to me. I gotta grab the leg. Grab her leg. You're gonna help us out with this, aren't you? And what I couldn't do was say, no, I was waiting to get lost from where we were to the delivery room. I was gonna get lost somehow. Man, when that boy came out, the nurse sat there with them thing, them clipper things. Mm. Just as happy as she wanted to be. You want to clip the cord? I couldn't talk. I couldn't speak. All I could do was go like this. And then the doctor told her, he said, sit him down. Sit him down right now. They said my uh, face was he like I was going to pass out. But the funny thing was, our son came out and he was light. And I mean, light, like light, light bright. Mm. And he had gray eyes. Mm. So, you know, his. His mother, she didn't, she didn't understand. It's like, why does this baby got gray eyes? So I'm just joking around with her. I'm like, well, you know, your grandmama's half white, so there you go. <laughs> now, of course, everybody knows me. I I tell people my dad's side of the family is Latino. My mother's side is Creole. Creole is a mixture of like mm -hmm. Spanish, mm -hmm. West African, and Native. But mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I mean. I, I, told, I told Dion, that was my son's mother, I was like, that boy might come out looking like anything. I said, but yeah, right. 
it, the changes will come as he gets older. And of course, that's exactly what happened. But you never know. I mean, because my, my daughter, I, you know, her, her mother um, was about the same complexion as my son's mother. And she came out light, but not as light. And actually, you know what? She had gray eyes, too. I forgot about that. Mm. But she was darker. And she lost them gray eyes, like, boom, like, like within a month. Whereas my son, man, it took a couple months for his eyes to to change. Anyway, we sitting here talking about having babies on a sports show. Um, <laughs> it's time to call it a wrap anyway. So we go get into this game, whatever's left of it, and I can go to sleep and I can check my, my fantasy. Tomorrow. Yeah, I definitely got to do that. Because I know Judy, just like you said, Jerry, Judy, man, I'm going to have to find me a replacement right there. <laughs> exactly. But that's it. We're going to see uh, y'all later. Here come the Lions because we're here to make a kill. Here come the Lions. Here come the Lions.